Hi, everyone. We thank you for joining us. We're going to start the presentation in about one minute, but just wanted to let everyone know as you're filing in that if you're looking for improving incident investigations and root cause analysis, you're in the right place. So again, we'll be starting in about one minute, but just wanted to welcome everyone as we get things settled in. Again, we thank you all for joining us. As you file in, wanted to let everyone know we're going to be starting the presentation in about 30 seconds. And that, of course, is improving incident investigations and root cause analysis. So, again, thank you for joining us. Please get settled in and we'll be starting in a little under 30 seconds. Hello everyone and welcome to today's Safety and Health webcast, Improving Incident Investigations and Root Cause Analysis, sponsored by Vector Solutions. My name is Kevin Drulli. I'm an associate editor with Safety and Health Magazine and I'll be moderating today's session. Thanks for joining us. We hope you all are safe and well amid the COVID-19 pandemic. In a few minutes, we'll start the presentation, but first I wanna go over some preliminary items. The views of today's speakers and organizations are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the National Safety Council or Safety and Health Magazine. Any mention of a commercial enterprise, product, or publication doesn't mean the council or magazine endorses those items. At the end of today's webcast, we'll conduct a question and answer session. To ask a question, simply click the Q&A button at the bottom of your screen, type your question, and click the send button. Feel free to ask your question at any time during the presentation. You don't have to wait for the question and answer session to begin. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible, but because of the large number of participants today, we might not get to every question. Any unanswered questions will be forwarded along to today's speakers. At the end of this webcast, you'll be asked to complete a brief evaluation survey that will appear on a separate screen. We'll let you know more about that after the presentation. This webcast is archived, so you can access it after today's live event. To view this webcast and all of our past webcasts, go to safetyandhealthmagazine.com events. You may also receive a link in a post-event email. With that, let's go ahead and get started. Our speakers today are Claire Epstein and Scott Stone, Claire serves Vector as Vice President of EHS and Risk Solutions, overseeing the operations of Vector EHS management. She has extensive experience in regulatory analysis, safety management systems, information management systems, and safety reviews. Scott is a safety solutions specialist at Vector, who brings more than 15 years of experience in EHS management and safety solutions. Claire and Scott, we thank you for being here today. Claire, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away. Great, thank you so much for that <clears throat> introduction. Well, welcome everyone. Today we are gonna talk about improving incident investigations. We are going to go through <clears throat> uh, an introduction uh, to who we are in Vector Solutions. Uh, we're gonna talk about why it's important to investigate, what types of incidents to investigate, uh, the steps of an incident investigation, um, looking at some of the data points and trends that come out of an incident investigation and um, talking a little bit about how environmental health and safety management and can help you with your incident investigation. So uh, we already had a great introduction uh, to myself and uh, Scott Stone, so I'm going to quickly skip this slide. Um, who is Vector Solutions? So Vector Solutions um, is a... <clears throat> leading provider of software as a solution. Uh, we focus on enterprise e-learning, uh, workforce management, um, safety management, and training content. We have multiple uh, locations throughout the country. We have over 540 uh, team members, um, and we have thousands of customers and users um, who use our technology every day uh, to really um, make themselves uh, safer, better, and smarter. In terms of all the feature set that we offer um, is we do offer um, a series of modules that help you with your training and safety uh, management. Um, the piece that we would really focus on that we're talking a lot about today is incident investigation. And um, as we get deeper into it and we talk a lot about incident investigation um, and the analysis, that that's only one piece in helping you uh, prevent incidents 
Um, so we do a lot on tracking and predicting incidents and managing risk and safety. Um, and then we also have some more proactive um, tools to help you mitigate your incidents um, and mitigate your risk. Um, and those deal with inspections, observations, job safety analysis, uh, safety data sheets, and then learning management systems and e-learning courses. Uh, again, what we're really focusing on today is incident investigation. Um, but as part of our mission, we see that just as one small piece of what we do to help companies be, again, safer, smarter, better. So let's just start with the uh, basics of why investigate. Um, so when you have um, an incident, and I'll talk a little bit about what is an incident and what type of incident you should investigate, but it's really um, important to investigate incident and illnesses to really, the first key I think is to prevent them from happening again. So there is a lot to be learned every time you have a workplace incident. Um, even a small incident or a near miss can really help uh, you look at what's going on and figure out what you can do to prevent uh, the reoccurrence. Um, so that's, uh, I think, a really uh, key piece. Um, the other piece is regulatory compliance. Uh, so most organizations um, in the US uh, do have to uh, report uh, work-related incidents and injuries uh, to OSHA. And then in addition, there's a lot they have to do as part of uh, workers' compensation claims. And to fill out the information that you need uh, for OSHA and for workers' comp, there are some really key pieces of information um, you need to know. Um, and that um, <clears throat> is uh, an important reason uh, to investigate. Obviously, if you also investigate incidents, you can save lives. So if you prevent one injury and illness from happening, um, you can save up to $40,000. So the cost of a work injury on average is about $40,000. It could be less, it could be more, but that is a pretty uh, big chunk of money. Um, and so uh, not only do you uh, prevent the incident and injury from happening again um, to save lives, but if you investigate, you can also mitigate the impact and effect of that incident. So incidents that are investigated and reported more quickly actually end up costing less money as well because then there's more that you can do proactively to mitigate the results of that injury or illness. Um, and obviously it's gonna demonstrate a commitment uh, to health and safety and to promote a positive uh, workplace uh, morale. So those are all some very key reasons on why you wanna investigate um, your incidents and, and, and illnesses that occur in the workplace. So there is a whole slew of incidents uh, to investigate um, in terms of what we see out with our, with our customers. Um, because of the OSHA requirements and the workers' compensation, um, most organizations really do investigate that employee injury or illness pretty well. It's, it's a pretty tried and true path. Uh, folks are familiar out there with, with OSHA record keeping. Um, there's a whole slew of other types of incidents and um, illnesses, uh, incidents to investigate that can really help you understand your risk, mitigate your risk, um, and again, save lives and uh, prevent incidents from occurring. So again, if, depending on the type of organization you have, um, if you have a lot of visitors, um, if you provide um, a service, uh, you, you might want to investigate non-employee injuries or illnesses. Uh, so that can also be contractor injuries. Um, again, OSHA has a way of distinguishing whether those are reportable by you or your contractor, as well as the general public, uh, depending on what you have. Um, there's also environmental incidents. Anytime if you're dealing with hazardous chemicals and you have a spill release, um, that might be something you want to investigate or potentially are required to investigate vehicle incidents. Um, if you have any type of vehicle fleet, you want to keep track of those incidents uh, that can also uh, result in a lot of uh, property damage claims. Um, security incidents, uh, really, that could be anything uh, from a crime, a threat, um, an assault, uh, a lot of organizations, uh, tips about potential security uh, vulnerabilities. Um, that's a lot of uh, times people investigate those as well. Uh, property damage, um, in addition, that sometimes that comes out of vehicle incidents, but sometimes you have property damage. And then another key one is near miss and close calls. 
Uh, so for best practices, what we see with a lot of our, our customers is that they will um, investigate your misses and close calls. And that's because it's the idea that before you have a serious incident or illness, um, you potentially have a lot of near misses uh, that, that don't result in an incident or illness, but could have. And so by investigating those near misses and close calls, uh, you can prevent the more serious uh, incident and injury uh, from happening if you investigate. And if folks are familiar um, with the incident pyramid, what you usually see is you see those near misses and um, close calls at the bottom of the incident pyramid. So before you um, go out and investigate an incident, you want to make sure you have an incident investigation program and plan in place. Um, if you don't have that and you have an incident, then it's going to be really hard uh, to know what to do if you don't have a program and plan. Um, and so your program and plan should really include guidelines of what to do when you have an incident. Um, you do need to, in most cases, if you fall under OSHA, you have to notify OSHA. Um, and you do want a written plan for your invest incident investigation. Um, so here is some basic information that should be in your program and in, in your per, as a standard operating procedures for investigating an incident. Um, who, who is actually going to conduct the investigations? Who is authorized to notify outside agencies? So again, if you have a major incident, you could uh, notify, you would need to notify uh, potentially uh, your emergency response, which could be fire and police. Uh, you could also need to notify OSHA. Um, if you're in the transportation um, field, you might need to notify other regulatory agencies like the NTSB or the um, Federal Transit or Department of Transportation. So there's a lot of notification procedures. Um, it takes skill to conduct an incident investigation. So you need to know who is uh, trained and what their roles are. Um, and that's a nice part about Vector is that we also offer that e-training um, on incident investigation. Um, timetables, what the steps are, uh, recommendations, and for corrective action. So there is a lot uh, to be put in place uh, with standard operating procedures. So if you do have an incident, you are ready to investigate it appropriately. And again, this is all goes to helping reduce incidents and also to save you time and money when an incident occurs. Again, the more uh, standard your procedures are, the more trained people are, the more you can learn from an incident and, and uh, de-escalate the incident and the cost. Uh, so when you have an incident investigation, what are some steps uh, that you should take? Um, the very first thing is all that pre-planning that I mentioned, having those procedures and plans, having people trained, and having an incident investigation kit or multiple kits available. Um, so that's sort of really before you actually have an incident. And then the very, very first thing you want to make sure is that if you do have anyone uh, that's injured or hurt, whether it's employees or contracts or the public, you want to make sure that they get the attention uh, they need first. But once you do that, here are some common steps that you should do uh, in an investigation. You want to make sure you preserve and document the scene. You want to collect information, create a report, determine root causes, share findings, and implement corrective action. And I'm going to go through each of these in a little bit more detail. So uh, the first thing you want to do, again, after you have established that everyone is safe, is you want to make sure uh, you barricade the area um, to allow you to do your incident investigation and, again, uh, to keep it safe. Um, and you want to examine uh, the scene. You want to take photos and videos. It's so easy now. Uh, to take uh, photos and videos of incidents as they occur and to take multiple. Um, and you wanna notif notify uh, the positions of any machines or controls or, or vehicles, again, depending what type of incident it was. And you wanna document the findings using incident forms. And you can do this um, multiple ways. Uh, you can use pen and paper. You can use uh, a system such as Vector EHS, a software system. You can use um, a mobile app. Um, you know, we're in favor of in, in, in documenting your findings with photographs, with videos, and doing that in much as real time as possible because events uh, change quickly and things are fresh and uh, you have more information um, if you do it uh, immediately. Um, here are some information um, that you should gather uh, if when you preserve the scene. 
Um, so if you are using if their machines and equipment and tools and supplies or vehicles, uh, here's all of the information um, that you can uh, collect about uh, the um, materials and conditions. Uh, now with uh, technology, there's probably so many uh, logs, charts, and records. Um, you know, a lot of machines may have their own charts and records. Vehicles may have uh, tracking devices as well. Um, and so those are all good uh, pieces. There might be uh, additional cameras um, to look at and other systems. Um, so those are all information uh, to preserve and record uh, during the scene. Um, some other uh, information about the incident uh, that you want to include is any environmental conditions, you know, the temperature, the light, the noise, the weather, um, any uh, pollute. If it is an environmental incident, you really need to keep track of the what type of chemicals, the response, the, the PPE, um, and uh, the level of, of spill. Now you do, again, depending on the type of incident, you do want to interview uh, employees and any other witnesses. Um, so those that were who involved, those who were witnesses, uh, any supervisors, um, any other workers. Um, again, uh, recommend interviewing the witnesses as soon as possible. Um, there's a lot of organizations will have witness cards uh, that they pass out uh, and, and have uh, witnesses uh, actually write their statements and sign it. Um, and again, you want to do it, uh, best practices to interview witnesses individually. And it is good as part of your incident investigation training to have a section on how to interview employees and witnesses um, and everything else. Uh, so you do want to collect as much information as you can, uh, again, depending on the severity of the incident. Um, and this is just an example of all of the different uh, pieces. There might be company policies and procedures. There might be maintenance. Um, a lot of times uh, there's a, a, a link between incident um, occurrences, investigation, and training uh, that employees may have received. Um, so it's good to look at uh, training records. What type of training uh, is that training up to date? Um, and then um, any uh, previous incidents that may have been similar, uh, both uh, within your location or if you're in a multiple location, um, air, a multiple location uh, organization to look at if you've had similar uh, incidents in other locations, um, as well as what's going on in the industry or, or what's going on in OSHA. So lots of different um, areas uh, to look at as you do your incident investigation. Uh, here are some uh, basic information that you want to collect uh, when you do your incident investigation. Now, some of this information is required uh, both for OSHA and for workers' comp. Um, so as we see out in the field for workers' comp or employee injuries, we do see most of our customers are collecting a common data set of information about the employee, as well as some common data sets about, incident in, uh, about the incident. Uh, we do see um, a lot of our customers do group cause analysis, um, which is really trying to understand the underlying uh, systematic causes of an incident. Um, and again, this goes back to one of the main reasons you're doing your incident investigation is to prevent that incident and illness from reoccurring. So uh, people will look at what happened, how did it happen, why did it happen, and what needs to be corrected. Now we do see our customers do a wide variety of root cause analysis. Uh, some people look at primary causes, some people look at contributing causes. Um, organizations look, uh, sometimes they use the five why philosophy, which it really digs deep into the why did it happen. Um, but again, it's just whatever root cause methodology you use, it's just important to do that for your injury and illness uh, prevention. Um, and here's an example of a root cause where uh, an employee slipped and fell and hurt uh, his back. The immediate uh, cause was the floor was wet. Primary cause was the janitor did not properly dry the area. A secondary cause is he didn't, a uh, janitor did not leave a wet floor sign. And then the root cause might be uh, not proper training. Um, so again, this is an example of a root cause analysis you might do for an incident. And again, depending on the type of incident, uh, you may have uh, multiple factors uh, that come into play. And that's another part of uh, the training uh, that folks do when they're training a team on incident investigation. 
they often may have specific training uh, that they give to supervisors or safety professionals on root cause. And here are some tools um, that you can use for root cause. You can use some brainstorming checklists, logic, event and trees, timelines, CFWIT diagrams, and causal factor determination. Um, the another important part of the incident investigation is the corrective action. So it's not um, only enough to know why an incident happened. Um, if uh, you want that incident uh, to prevent it from reoccurring, um, there are probably issues and recommendations that come out of that incident investigation. And so that's where the corrective action planning comes in place. So those are definitely recommendations. Um, and they can have, you can have recommendations for a specific incident, you can have it to similar situations. Um, and the idea is that you are developing a corrective action plan, you're assigning responsibility uh, for that corrective action plan, and you're monitoring that corrective action plan uh, to make sure that the appropriate um, controls and actions are taken uh, to prevent the reoccurring of this incident. Oftentimes what we'll see out in uh, the field, if there is a major incident, uh, we can see multiple corrective actions uh, for that incident. Um, so usually it's not just one or two, it could be up to four or five, uh, depending on the type of incident or even more. Um, and that's generally we'll see with those corrective actions um, that, you know, one or two might be really, really easy uh, to fix. Hey, I'm going to give this employee some refresher training. Um, some of the others may be very, very, maybe much longer term in nature and may require a lot of monitoring and effort. So they can really run the gamut uh, between simple fixes uh, to more complex fixes. Okay. We're going to take a very, very quick poll uh, right now, and then um, we're going to turn it over to my colleague Scott to talk about some of the, the data pieces. And we'll just give folks a, a few minutes uh, to, uh, uh, sorry, not a few minutes, about uh, another minute uh, to respond. And then we'll share the results. All right, we good to go, Claire? Yeah, good from my end. Um, are you going to show the poll results? Oh, here they are. Okay, so the question is, what do you struggle most with? And the answer uh, far and away, the, the winner is tracking and completing follow-up on corrective actions. And that makes sense. It is a struggle to do that. Um, some of the other issues uh, also are um, collecting too much or too little information and making meaningful connections um, are all issues, which is actually a really good segue uh, to Scott Stone because he's really going to talk a bit about making those meaningful collect, uh, connections uh, from uh, the data you can collect in an incident investigation. So Scott, uh, ready for you when you are. Great. Thanks, Claire. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide. Perfect. All right. So before jumping into some specific examples, I'm just going to spend a little time on uh, some steps for success or, or how to get started with some of this stuff. And it's about, you know, measuring, uh, you know, certain components of your investigation program to really track on, you know, what's working, what's not working. The prime example of, you know, corrective actions, you know, that's a very common thing out there of, uh, you know, assigning all these corrective actions and they're not getting done. Um, so different things like that. But first off, you need to identify, 
those investigation indicators that are objective and easy uh, to measure. And so they provide good and reliable indication of the level of uh, performance. So you know what you need to address when the performance level starts to dip. And when you're working on these, you know, developing of these, these indicators, you know, you don't do it in a bubble, get a well-rounded team, so you can provide feedback, get buy-in for all, and that's really going to set you up for success, um, you know, in the in the future. It's not just the the safety manager's job sitting in an office behind a closed door working on these programs and developing all these things. It really is a is a is a team effort. Uh, but these indicators must be selected based on what works best for your organization. And to get started, you know, determine your top priorities, pick a starting point, and uh, and build from there. But to be able to do all this, you, you kind of need to know where you're at right now. So that that where uh, the historical analysis comes into play to determine your accurate, you know, baseline. Some of you might have all of the data right now, um, you know, that everything that Claire showed, and you know, hey, we pretty much got all the, the major elements in place. Maybe it's just not in a format that can be utilized. You know, you need to get it into a standardized system so you can use that data for analytics to help you drive, uh, you know, improvement. You know, maybe maybe you have all the, the injury data, you know, what's a recordable, but maybe you're not tracking your first aids, your near misses, your property damage, things like that. Um, also a good time to conduct a gap analysis of your, the, your investigation program. So everything, again, that Claire talked about, how do you uh, match up to that. So do that gap analysis, you know, go through and, and chart it out. And here's where we're at. And here's how we compare to uh, to a best practice. That includes the program elements uh, that you have. This also includes uh, how it's applied in the field, because it's one thing to have a great, fancy, shiny investigation program that's stored on a share drive in a binder somewhere, but it's a whole nother, you know, deal on how is it really being applied out in the field. So that, 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 that has to be included in the analysis. How are the investigations, you know, currently really being done? Are we doing them? Are we not doing them? Are we missing elements when we're out there uh, conducting that investigation? And the third component of that gap analysis is gauge a level of understanding of those that are responsible to conduct the investigations. You know, when I was in safety management, you know, sometimes you'd find out that we had a, a supervisor conducting an investigation. They had no clue what they were doing because they weren't provided, you know, the training and the information and the tools uh, to be able to do it appropriately. So it's really looking at the program, how it's applied out in the field, and what level of understanding do you have? And that's what that gap analysis should show. That's really gonna give you a, you know, a launching point to, to get your program rolling. Then you need to determine the system that you'll be uh, collecting you know, the data, analyzing it and commuting, uh, communicating the data. You know, this is, you know, where software you know, comes into play for sure. Um, I'll touch on, on this on a, on a future slide, but, um, you know, investigation data that sits in a filing cabinet, you know, or stuck in a, an Excel file or multiple files or Word docs, you know, or whatever, you know, that, that's not doing, doing anybody any good. It makes it very, very difficult, um, you know, to utilize, uh, to utilize that data. Um, then goal setting, you know, what goals do you want? They need to be realistic goals. Um, you know, setting goals too low will give your company a false sense, uh, sense of security, which can lead to complacency. You know, you know, goals, of course, with, uh, you know, we'll talk about some lagging indicators and, and incident rates and, and things like that, you know, but from an investigation standpoint, too, there's certain things that you need to track, you know, maybe it's time, uh, you know, lag of, uh, you know, time to report an initial incident, time to conduct the investigation, quality of investigation reports. Um, so different goals can be set for that. And then, of course, your incident rates and, you know, you, you want to make it realistic. So if you have a, a, a goal of a, a five for a recordable rate, and the industry average is say a one, but hey, five's good. You know, we hit that every year. We, you know, we're, we're fine with that. Um, you know, probably not where you want to be. You know, that might be if if you're at a five and the industry average is one. Hey, maybe that's your first goal. Maybe split that in half and uh, and go from there. Um, next one, they have to be understood by and owned by everyone. Communication is critical. So when I get into the you know indicators and, and some metrics and, and analysis, everyone needs to be aware of, of those and, and what the goals are and how, what the performance is on that. So everyone has to be part of that. And when those those uh, indicators start to drop, you know, hey, our investigation process is failing. You know, we're not getting our initial reports in. We're not assigning corrective actions or getting them done. That should trigger action. Uh, and then the last one on there is periodically assess and, and recognize performance. So always continually looking at uh, at your program, 
for our improvements, get feedback from folks, you know, beware of the flavor of the month, you know, or constant change, get a system that you like, of course, it's going to evolve and change over time, but make sure it's implemented, it's implemented right, people understand it, and always look to improve. Next slide. So just real quick on, on performance indicators, um, you know, two main categories of indicators, lagging and, and leading. Lagging indicators, these are measurements by your recordable rates, your lost time rates, you know, DART rates, maybe it's citations, maybe it's your workers comp, um, EMR, experience mod, experience modification rate. These are based on events that have already already occurred. And, and you know, the investigation process, hey, an event has has already occurred. But these are very important and needs your full attention to, and Claire talked about it, to prevent reoccurrence. So this is from initial report, investigation, root cause, corrective action management, lessons learned communication, all of those things um, in there. And then leading indicators, these are uh, proactive and predictive measures that monitor and provide information, you know, uh, relevant information specific to, you know, safety activities or processes of an EHS management system. And when performance slips, it triggers action. So it, it's before uh, an, an incident occurred. Examples include an inspection program. An inspection program could come out of investigation. We have a high level of slips, trips, and falls. You know, we're going to, one of the corrective actions is we're going to implement an inspection program daily throughout the workplace to identify these slips, trips, and falls before uh, it, it becomes an issue. And then of course, identifying those issues and then the whole corrective action management piece of that. Another one like uh, behavior-based safety, one of my favorites, you know, leadership out on the floor, interacting with the employees, um, you know, while they're engaged in a task and, and uh, you know, giving them constructive feedback you know, to help them improve or identify risk, or maybe there was something, you know, that they missed, but engaging with those employees out there and, you know, are they doing them, not doing them? And, you know, more importantly, what's the quality of those conversations? Um, you know, so those are just a couple examples of, of leading indicators. Next slide. Now, lagging indicators, and I know this slide is titled um, lagging indicators and the common ones and they're in a later slide is all your incident rates and and things like that but these next ones that I'm going to talk about they, they are related they are associated with you know an incident that that occurred but they can also you know I think become leading indicators because they're they're not only associated with that that incident that occurred but they can prevent future incidents so these indicators like process indicators if you are tracking your investigations, the quality of them, the timely reporting, are they identifying the right root cause and, and all those things. If you, if you have, you know, and your performance is not there, uh, you can have a recurrence, um, you know, of, of an incident or, or something else. So they're all very, very important and uh, need absolute, uh, absolute full attention. But process indicators, reporting and investigation, you know, is the process being followed from start to finish? From the initial report going in, you should track that. You know the time that that came in and your goal is it's immediate. You know, within 30 minutes or an hour, that initial report has to be done. To the full investigation, again, is it done? Is it done, uh, you know, completely and accurately? You should have uh, measurements uh, um, around that. Root cause analysis. Do you have a root cause analysis? Is it the right root, root cause analysis? It's very easy to blame the employee. You know, you can, you, you have to have those, those, those reviews and, and quality touch points in there that, you know, just don't take the root cause that the supervisor threw in out there. Cause a lot of times it's, oh, the employee did something wrong and you dig down and, and uh, Claire had the example, maybe they weren't trained or there wasn't a program or a process in place. So that's the way it's always been done. Um, so making sure that you have that right root cause. And then the corrective actions uh, one, you know, are they assigned um, uh, and are, have they been closed? I'll, I'll talk about that here in just a minute, but focus on all incidents. Um, one of the biggest failures is not focusing the same amount of attention on all incidents. It's the, thank goodness I dodged a bullet on that one. You know, it's not a recordable incident. So half the investigation, it just stops. It doesn't get done because, whew, you know, you know, it's not going to show up on the metrics. No one's going to get mad. You know, it's not a recordable. No, they all need the, the same amount of attention. So whether it's a first aid, it's a near miss, whatever that is, it has to go through that same process because the ultimate goal is, uh, you know, to prevent that occurrence from, uh, prevent that occurrence from happening again. And, you know, with those, it is, uh, you know, you should have metrics around that. You know, if you have 10 recordables and you got 
uh, you know, 10 recordables and, and one first aid and zero near misses, there's probably something wrong with your reporting system. So you should have all, all those things on there, like the chart up there on the top right. You know, you had a lot of, you know, first aids and you had some near hit or near misses and, and, and injuries. So maybe the near hit should be, you know, more than the first aid. But um, those are things that you want to track and look at because it's an indicator that something's not right with your program. And then corrective actions, just, you know, taking an Excel action plan, you know, tracking the, the you know, the tracking down people to, to get the statuses done. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, you know, and then lo and behold, your action plan becomes a month old. You forgot to look at it. And those corrective actions never got done. Not doing, you know, you did a great job investigating and all that. But that's the that's the critical piece. You know, those corrective actions, are they being done uh, and uh, you know, if not, you know, you fail to follow through, that problem still exists and it opens you up for, for reoccurrence. Next slide. So the reporting and, um, you know, these are some, some incident indicators that, that we have up here, but the, the, the process has to capture the required data, clear laid it all out there. It has to be good data too. So, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. You can have the best fancy expensive software system, you know, to go out and do all this analysis for you. But if you haven't done your work up front, train people and identify the, the right things that you want to track, it's garbage in, garbage out. It's not going to do you any good. So you really have to have to work on that. Keep it clean because it really it's all about identifying those trends and improvement areas, uh, you know, with that. So some of the incident indicators, you know, by root cause, very important, you know, what root cause methodology, Claire talked about, is it five whys, fishbone, uh, you know, whatever, whatever that you're utilizing, but it has to be implemented. You need to track that, you know, what is your Pareto chart up there in the top right of your root causes? You need to be able to see that as these incidents are coming, you know, uh, you know, and take, you know, start somewhere, start at the top of the Pareto. And, you know, we have an issue with, you know, hardly read it, inadequate tools or equipment. That's, you know, that's an issue. Let's go focus on that, uh, you know, right now. So you got to have metrics around that. Uh, maybe uh, vehicle uh, related, the average time, time, time lag in reporting, you know, was up there. You know, this can cause havoc in case management, uh, you know, and definitely drive your rates up. You lose control of the investigation process. Uh, you know, you lose control of the care of the employee. You lose control of, you know, uh, you know, the scene, you know, is all is gone. You can't control the scene anymore. Uh, your witnesses, you know, they're forgetting stuff. So it really, uh, really makes it difficult. So that's one of them. The other one's the day of week, time of day, shift by location, you know, is one of them. So there's a lot, you know, lots of, lots of different ones out there, you know, the ones that there aren't up there, nature of injury, maybe area body type of incident that we just showed on the last chart, you know, to see if you're, you know, focusing on all the right things. Maybe it's time with com uh, time with the company. You had a spike with uh, new hires. You know, hey, we're looking at my God, 90 percent of our, our, in our incidents are with people that are less than six months on the job. You should have that indicator in front of you say, man, we have an issue with onboarding, training, orientation, um, all of those things. Next slide. Now, some of the more, you know, I guess, common, uh, you know, indicators, you know, the, the incident rates, uh, it won't spend a, a whole lot of time on this, but, uh, you know, true, uh, true lagging indicators here, uh, you know, some of the rates, your total recordable incident rate, your, 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 your TRIR or TCIR, total case incident rate, whatever you want to call it, maybe you call it recordable rate, a lot of different ways to, uh, to name it, but um, these rates, and, I, and I'll get into the rates, these are the, the number of uh, whatever rate you're looking at, the number of, say, recordable incidents per 100 full-time workers. Uh, maybe it's a lost time incident rate. So these are uh, in incidents that resulted in a day away from work, not the day that the incident happened, but the, the next day. Um, or a dart rate, which is it, it resulted in a day away from work or a restricted day or transferred to uh, to another job day. And there's other indicators that fall into here that you need to be looking at your EMR experience modification rate. You know, anything over one is greater than than industry average. These can, these can have a huge impact on, you know, I came from contract business where, you know, we wouldn't get work if your rates were over a certain level over industry average or your EMR was over a one. Uh, that can actually prevent you from getting, uh, you know, getting work. Also rates that a lot of people don't think of, you can do first aid rates, you can do near miss rates. Uh, and then there, there are many others like severity rates and things like that. But once you have your baseline that we talked about earlier, set your goals, make them realistic and, uh, and move on from there. But a big component of that is having that, uh, that investigation program in place and tracking all of those indicators. Next slide. 
So just really quick on how these rates are calculated and, and, and all that great stuff. This first one up here is your, your, your recordable rate, total case incident rate or total uh, or TRIR. And the way these rates work, the outcome is it's going to give you a, a rate of how many recordable incidents you had per 100 full-time uh, full employees. So it starts with your number of incidents. So your OSHA recordables in this example times 200,000, which is 100 employees working 40 hours a week, 50 weeks per year. Um, you know, and this is, uh, you know, this rate gives you, it's kind of a, an annualized number and I'll go through an example calculation here, but number of recordables times 200,000 divided by hours worked. So say it's uh, February 1st and it's January and you're doing your, you're doing an annual, uh, an annual rate. So you had one recordable in the uh, month of January times 200,000 hours divided by how many hours you worked in that month of January. So say it's, you know, 100,000 hours. So one recordable times 200,000 divided by 100,000 gives you a recordable rate of two, meaning you injured two employees out of every 100, uh, every 100 employees. So that's how the, that's how the rate, that rate works or all the rates work for that matter. Next slide. And just one more example, your, your DART rate, um, it's the exact same thing, but instead of just your number of total recordables there on top, you're gonna to put how many DART cases you had. So those that resulted in a day away, restricted or transfer work. And then you can plug whatever uh, uh, other rates you want in there. You want a first aid rate, you can plug that in the numerator. You want a near miss rate, you can put that in there. Another big one, of course, your lost time rate. Um, that's kind of a, a big one out there, ones that just resulted in a day away from work. Um, you know, you put that uh, in the number of incidents and then that gives you that rates. And then you can utilize these, next slide, to, you know, compare to industry averages. So right there on the Bureau of Labor uh, Statistics, you can go online. Um, I definitely used to check this out. There is always a delay, you know, the, the year before, it takes them a while to compile all that data and all that stuff. But you can go on there and look up your, your NAICS code, North American Industry Classification System um, code. You go down there, you find that, and then you can get the industry average for your recordable rates. Uh, you get your your uh, cases with days away, lost time rates, um, days away job job transfer or restriction. That's your DART rate, uh, and then other recordable cases. So you can go right on there and see how am I performing against uh, you know co like companies of mine based on that NAICS code. It's a great place to to really you know I think start. Uh, you know, when you're looking at goals and things like that from a, from a lagging indicator incident rate perspective. Next slide. All right, so how can EHS management uh, software help? Or benefits of EHS, yeah, thank you. Um, I came from Excel spreadsheets, uh, you know, pivot tables, um, VLOOKUPs, you know, trying to manage you know investigation documents from word uh you know uh, corrective action management on excel you know makes it very difficult if not impossible to do you know anything you know with the data and it's a lot of time um you know to get in there and manage all of this data the other thing you can't control uh you know like versions and all that software ehs software like vector you know you can set up hey this is our investigation program Here's everyone's utilizing the same system. When you make a change, it's applied all over. You don't have someone still using a, an investigation report that was from five years ago and it's been revised five times because um, that absolutely happens. I'm like, where did this come from? We haven't used that in five years. Um, they're all utilizing the same system, uh, you know, on the same page. So uh, makes it makes it very easy from that standpoint. Uh, but, but easy data entry for, you know, consistent and streamlined uh uh, recording of incident data, you know, mobile, uh, you know, definitely a, a big key, having a fully mobile uh, capable option um, like Vector EHS, you know, operating off the same playbook, um, you know, that same version is, is very good and the same information, calling things the same, you know, the categories of root cause, having your hierarchy built in there with departments, uh, you know, and all that information that Claire talked about 
you know, and they're having required fields that this has to be uh, filled out, you know, on a paper copy, kind of hard to control some of that stuff, email it back to them and say, hey, this isn't good. Having that approval process built into the system. Um, the configurability of a, of a system is absolutely, uh, absolutely critical. You don't want a rigid, uh, you know, system. You want to be able to call something the way you call it. If you don't call a near miss, a near miss, you want to call it a near hit. Hey, we're going to change that. Uh, the forms itself, you know, you don't want to be locked into, you know, you know, something that, that you, that you can't change, you know, without, you know, a, a lot of, you know, a lot of money spent and, and all that. So, you know, a software solution that allows you to configure it the way you want it, you know, this is what we call things, uh, you know, you, you know, you generate new, new text information, drop downs, add incident types, uh, you know, of any type of form, you know, to be, you know, flexible enough to, uh, uh, to do that. Very, very important from a, from a software solution. Link and track completion of corrective actions, you know, absolutely from the life cycle of a corrective action, from assigning a corrective action, you know, to someone that, hey, this is the due date, email notifications, hey, this is due when it's overdue, these folks are going to get notified, like when it's a day overdue, when it's 10 days overdue, it's going to get escalated even more, uh, you know, so a full tracking system, you know, to be able to manage those corrective actions. And a lot of this is based on hierarchy, you know, in the organization, if you're top level safety, you can see everything going on in the company. But if you're at a specific location, you just might be able to see those that, uh, that apply to that. Um, sign off, you know, and uh, uh, completed initial reports and investigations. So uh, having the system be able to, you know, uh, allow different users to do different things. We might allow everyone to submit an initial incident report at maybe a second level to conduct the investigation, a third level to get into the record keeping part of it. And then a the fourth level to actually do that final review and closure of the system. All your reports and uh, Claire talked about some of them, but, you know, software like Vector, you know, automatically in, in real time, you know, you can do all your regulatory reports from your OSHA 300, 300A, 301, you know, all of those types of things uh, um, in there. And then, you know, quick comparison of data over time, you know, whatever time frame that you, uh, that you want. Next slide. General features and, and functionality, um, email notification and alerts, you know, everyone on the same page, you know, from the initial incident from a mobile device, everyone's getting that, that report, you know, that kind of kicks off the investigation on, hey, this just happened. There's no phone tag, text tag, story changing, um, you know, things like that, that incident's being done, which can also be different people get notified for different types of incidents. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, a property damage and these folks get uh, the uh, email. Maybe it's a near miss and maybe you have a near miss team, a safety committee that manages a lot of near misses. Maybe they get notified. So that can all be set up with different alerts of, you know, an investigation complete, corrective actions overdue, you know, all those things to really keep everything front and center, not buried in filing cabinet somewhere or in an Excel document. Document photo management, um, you know, programs, SOPs, uh, you know, de by department with revision dates, always the latest and greatest that allows employees, you know, access to those critical documents that they need, you know, really within one system. And then the, the next three down there, you know, reporting and dashboarding and, and, and things like that from a dashboarding standpoint, you know, customized metrics to your specific KPIs, um, you know, your, your investigation KPIs, lag time, corrective action completed, uh, investigation completed, your root cause analysis, all those things that we talked about that you want, you can set up on your dashboard that's real time front and center. Here's how we're performing to those key performance indicators or those, those indicators that, that we want to uh, that we want to manage. Um, and, you know, so everything from, like I said, investigation status and, and, and incident rates and, and all that. And then a reporting standpoint, you know, having a system to be able to uh, generate custom reports. So when I say custom reports, uh, you know, being coming from safety, you know, I we probably I probably spent you know a day you know or more my team probably two days out of the month gathering all the data from all the different things, just not investigations, but uh, you know trying to gather this and and configure it and fit it in Excel and and all these charts and all these people want different things but having a software solution that you can generate any type of report that you want, long as it's an input into the system. So anything from an investigation report. So all the, the different criteria that Claire laid out, you can generate custom, you know, custom reports that you might want, you know, this specific report, maybe it's corrective actions that are overdue. Every Monday, I want this, these folks on management team to get uh, an email 
and every Monday morning they open up, these are the ones that are overdue, or maybe it's last week in, uh, incidents, or maybe it's, you know, root cause analysis, you know, information, whatever, whatever that you want, you know, fully customized and it does it for you. So as long as you have those inputs uh, correct into the system, on the back side from reporting, you can measure all of those indicators to gauge your level of performance in whatever category um, that you want. And then keep that, you know, front, uh, you know, on the dashboard, which is configured to whoever that user login is. These are the metrics that I want to see. We've agreed upon. These are the goals. And then all those reports that you spend so much time on to help you with the analytics and, and data um, that can be generated and sent out at whatever frequency that you want and uh, and shared uh, and shared out. So um, next slide. I think that's it. We are good for questions. <clears throat> Well, excellent. Great job, Claire and Scott. Thanks for your insights and expertise. Uh, before we do start the Q&A, just want to remind everyone of the evaluation survey we're asking you to complete. The survey will open in a different screen after this presentation. Your input is important because it'll help us improve future webcasts. We do appreciate you taking the extra time to offer feedback. Um, I know we've seen some questions trickling in, but if, uh, if not, if you need a reminder, if you want to ask a question, simply click the Q&A button at the bottom of your screen, type your question, and click the send button. Uh, one popular query we've received already uh, relates to whether slides and recording of the presentation will be available. The answer is yes, you should expect those tomorrow in a post-event email, even if you're over the international dateline, as is the case with one attendee who indicated he's from Singapore and watching this in the wee hours uh, of the, tomorrow morning for a lot of us here in North America. But with that now, we will get to those questions. Uh, first one, what advice would you give to a company that's looking to improve the way they're currently tracking and looking at their incident metrics? Um, that's a great question. Um, I'll start with that and then certainly let Scott chime in. I mean, the first thing, um, you really just want to evaluate uh, where you are. So what are you currently doing? Um, and uh, what are the issues with what you're currently doing and then uh, go from there. So I think a lot of time, a lot of times what we see is that um, folks are doing an okay job of uh, collecting the data points where they're usually falling down is on the analytics. Um, and I would say part of that is because it does take some work uh, to figure out um, how to analyze the data. So I would say whether it's a tool like uh, Vector EHS or another software tool that being able to do reports easily and on the fly can really help uh, with that because then you can um, really try out different data sets and see what works for you. Any thoughts on your end, Scott? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the most common, you know, of course, metrics we talk about the, the incident rates, that's a, you know, that's an easy one. Everyone's tracking that they're pretty standard, you know, as long as you're classifying things correctly and, and all that, but it's doing a, doing a deeper dive. And like some of the things that, that we talked about focusing on the right metrics that are going to improve performance. So that's beyond, you know, those incident rates. Yes, you have to have them and track them, but Hey, it happened and all that. So specifically talking about like the investigation process, it's, it's focusing on is your investigation process working, you know, from the initial report to identifying root cause. So putting metrics around those critical things that you want to track, the corrective actions, you know, are they being assigned and are they being completed? You know, those are key metrics that are, you know, associated with the, your incident management program. So you really have to have uh, the right metrics and, and dig a little deeper. You know, if you're talking all safety, uh, you know, it's getting further into the leading indicator metrics and, you know, looking at your behavior-based observations, your uh, your training, your inspections, you know, and, and really doing a huge focus on leading indicators. And yes, those incident rates are going to be there, but the, all those other metrics that we're talking about should help drive those incident incident rates down. So it's really, you know, focusing on, you know, you know, thinking outside the box and getting out of what you're doing right now, which is, hey, we're just doing, you know, recordable rates and, and things like that. It's all that other stuff that's really going to make an impact. Next question asks, where can I go to get more information on the features of incident investigation software? Um, well, great. I'll take that one as well. There's a ton of information on the Vector Solutions website. 
um, and that's on Vector EHS um, and lots of information on incident investigation, as well as if you go to um, the blog for Vector Solutions, we have a, a couple of great blog articles on incident investigation, as well as a very detailed guide of incident investigation uh, procedures and policies that I recommend uh, downloading. Kind of staying with that technology front, uh, any apps you suggest for investigators to use to guide investigation, maybe for remote work sites or multiple work sites? I mean, obviously we're, we're biased, uh, but Vector EHS has a great mobile app um, that you can uh, download um, to uh, your mobile device from either the Google Play or Apple Store um, and is also available uh, for offline use. Next question, is the TCIR rate calculated only from OSHA recordables or from all injuries? That is just for, uh, for OSHA recordables. So it's your total case incident rate. So it's those that classify, you know, anything above a first aid, medical treatment, days away, restricted work. So, you know, general OSHA uh, record keeping guidelines, but those are ones that are classified as an OSHA recordable. Um, and then outside of that, like your loss time rate is still an OSHA recordable, but those are recordables that result in like a, uh, like a, like a day away from work. So, or did result in a day away from work. So, but yes, the, the TCIR is just what is classified as an OSHA recordable. Getting a few other questions related to, uh, to some things you're mentioning. Uh, just first is, is the vector solution system multilingual? Um, with with general features, can you generate your own reports? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I sort of alluded to this uh, previously with um, Vector EHS. We have all the standard reports um, that uh, folks need, all your OSHA recordables, um, OSHA rate reports, um, as well as um, other uh, indicators uh, that we know our customers uh, have liked and used uh, um, over the years. But in addition, uh, we have a reporting tool that really lets you create uh, your reports, your own reports. So with any of the data elements that you're co uh, collecting for incident investigation, uh, you can go in and create your own uh, trends and graphs and save them and share them and schedule them out. So there's lots of flexibility. We find that um, a lot of our customers will use our standard reporting, um, but in addition, create their own reports as well for things that are unique for them. Does your software work with or communicate with HR suites such as Workday or maybe maintenance ones such as CityWorks, GIS mapping, et cetera? Yes, um, there's a big connection. Uh, the most popular ones are the ones mentioned. Uh, we definitely um, work a lot with HR systems uh, because if you are investigating um, incidents, you generally want to have information about your employees in the system. Um, and some of that's required for OSHA record keeping, uh, their title, uh, their gender, uh, uh, information like that is required. But again, the more information you have on your employees, can help you do a more richer um, incident uh, investigation analysis and reporting. Is the system set up for corrective action being assigned to multiple people in an investigation? Um, yes, you can set up uh, multiple corrective actions um, and you can also assign a corrective action uh, to multiple uh, levels of responsible party. How would one get a demo on the system? So that's a great question. There's, if you go to our Vector Solutions uh, website um, and uh, you go there, there will be a demo uh, button and just click that demo sign up page um, and fill that out. And that will uh, uh, get you into our system and you will have um, a sales uh, representative reach out to, to give you a demo. Well, as, uh, as we're winding down, I know you both have been quite thorough. Uh, what's, what kind of final thoughts might you have for folks this afternoon? Um, I would say um, thank you. Well, first, I just want to thank everyone for attending. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, is definitely uh, pre-plan. Uh, be prepared uh, for your incidents uh, before they happen. Um, and um, 
you know, definitely take a deep dive at your data. Uh, Scott, any, uh, any thoughts in your end? Yeah, no, I mean, also, thank you. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, first step, depending on, on where you're at, um, you know, I talked about that, that gap analysis. It's a great time to dust everything off, utilize what you've learned today to see where you stand, um, you know, compared to where, you know, you need to be or where you want to be and then put your plan together. You know, don't let it uh, fall off the radar. I know it happens a lot. We're all busy. Um, I know you're, you're probably on here for a reason, uh, but, you know, find out where you're at right now and, and put your improvement plan, uh, you know, in place and, and go from there. Well, thank you. Uh, unfortunately, we, we are running out of time today. Uh, sorry that we didn't get to everyone's questions, but all of today's unanswered questions will be forwarded on to our speakers. And once again, we hope you take the time to fill out the evaluation survey and provide your feedback. With that, we end today's Safety and Health Magazine webcast. I'd like to thank Claire Epstein, Scott Stone, everyone at Vector Solutions, and all of you who listened in. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you.